Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Hello and welcome to the show, guys. Hope you're having a glorious 20th of July. Running a little bit late in my schedule today. I was on National Report this morning with uh, Newsmax and uh, just really enjoyed it. Talked about uh, fiery exchange between Anthony Fauci and Rand Paul. And uh, I've never seen this kind of fire from Anthony Fauci before. Uh, he's been doing a lot of friendly interviews with uh, friendly, uh, you know, you know, going on CNN, going on uh, MSNBC, all that noise. And not going on with people who actually have real questions. So when Rand Paul asked him real questions, he got all sorts of defensive. His agency funded the Wuhan lab. There's no line item for what they funded. You know, there's no line item for it, but the money went there and they were doing gain of function research. And, and Anthony Fauci was completely wrong in saying that it wasn't being done. That's just not that's not true. OK, so a sixth Texas Democrat has tested positive for covid after packing onto a $100,000 private jet without masks to flee the state for D.C., to avoid voting on a new voting law bill. Uh, Representative Retta Bowers of Dallas on Monday confirmed the sixth case, one of the 55 tested positive on Friday, two on Saturday and two on Sunday and one more on Sunday. So there you go. The sixth are uh, quarantining in their hotel rooms in D.C. and working remotely. They're not working. Dear Lord. If they're not working on legislation, they're not working. Okay? They're not working. So, uh, nonsense. That's what they did. Oh, 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 this is pretty funny. Also, if you uh, checked out Newsmax.com, which you should if you're going to, you know, it's looking for daily headlines. This is a, a new article. It says, a Washington Post art critic has banned <laughs> painting sold by uh, Hunter Biden as nothing to see here and not being worth more than $1,000. <laughs> this guy is uh, uh, Sebastian Smee. And uh, in an interview on CNN, he said that the paintings that could fetch up prices up to $500,000 are merely cafe art, he says. And it's obvious that the only reason the prices are so high is because of his last name. He says, you see a certain kind of art in coffee shops and some of it is okay and a lot of it is bad and sometimes it's surprisingly good. But you wouldn't, unless you were related to the artist, spend more than $1,000 on it. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Pretty funny. Also, uh, a new poll from the Convention of States Action shows 60% of those surveyed are not confident about Vice President Kamala Harris becoming president. 58.6% of the electorate not confident at all. Which, you know, yeah, duh, duh. Now, you know, the uh, president went after Facebook the other day and they were very upset. They were they were quite uh, they were quite. Uh, how do I put this? Butthurt about it uh, because, you know, he is the dear leader and they've done everything they can to praise the dear leader, including uh, helping him get into office. Thank you. Uh, thank you to uh, Mark Zuckerberg and his Zuckerbucks, hundreds of millions of dollars for drop boxes in in battleground states to throw the election. Uh, He has decided not to just blame Facebook, but actually 12 individuals in the country who are spreading misinformation. Again, it is a word originally penned by Joseph Stalin in 1926. Disinformatia is what they called it, but now they're, they're calling it disinformation. 
I look forward to continuing to build this economy. I'm incredibly optimistic about what we're going to be able to He is a real passionate leader, isn't he? I mean, just listen to the energy in his voice. We'll build together in the next six months and years to come. Thank you all for listening. May God bless you, and I'll take a few questions. I'll take a few questions. Go ahead. You said last week that companies and platforms like Facebook are killing people by letting Let me be precisely what I said. I'm glad you asked me that question. You said Facebook is killing people, so there you go. Questions. One, I had just read that on the Facebook, Facebook pointed out that it was pointed out that Facebook, of all the misinformation, 60% of the misinformation came from 12 individuals. 12. That's what the article said. So now we have officially have an enemies list, and one of them is Robert Kennedy Jr. So I was asked that question about what do I think is happening? Facebook isn't killing people. These 12 people are out there. No, you, you said it. You, you, now, you just are, are, are contradicting what you said. I mean, misinformation. Anyone listening to it is getting hurt by it. It's killing people. I, I need to know the names of the people who heard and exactly where they heard it from, because there is absolutely no, there is no correlation whatsoever. My hope is that Facebook, instead of taking it personally, that somehow I'm saying Facebook is killing people, that they would do something about the misinformation. They oh, outrage. They already are. They literally, they literally, on every post you put, there is a, there is a little uh, disclaimer that says for additional vaccine information. I, mean, I don't care. You could post a picture of cookies you made this morning and it'd say for more additional vaccine information. I mean, they are being a tool of the government. They are doing it, being a dutiful tool, a stooge of the government. And, and this is, this is how they get paid back. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Oh, here's, uh, here's Joe Biden going after Donald Trump. This is great. Before I took office, there was a lot of folks out there, a lot of folks out there making some pretty bold predictions about how things would turn out. You might remember some of the predictions uh, that if, the, if I became president, we'd quote, see a depression, the likes of which we've never seen. No, but we have seen a good deal of inflation, particularly with regard to gas. A quote. Well, it's true that you're six months into your term. The destruction has just begun. Economy was sputtering before I got here, adding only 60,000 jobs per month for three months before. I uh, you didn't do this uh, there, sir. Uh, opening businesses actually causes the economy to go. And, and once those uh, those burdensome shutdowns, mostly in Democrat states, were rel relieved, then people wanted to get back to work. So not for you, my friend. And also, yeah, you got a couple of vaccines from the previous president. We're sworn in. But now, six months later, we've changed that. We've gone from 60,000 jobs per month to 60,000 jobs every three days. More than I'm not seeing that. I saw the uh, unemployment claims last week. I'm not thinking that's truthful. 600,000 jobs per month since it took office. More than 3 million new jobs, all told. That's the fastest growth, I'm told, at this point in any administration's history. Well, you know, it's like saying, uh, you know, our business went up 100%. When we opened our doors... <clears throat> Here's Rob Schmidt talking about uh, Joe Biden taking credit for the economy. Biden today slamming the Trump economy and claiming everything turned around when he took office in late January. Take a listen. We've gone from 60,000 jobs per month to 60,000 jobs every three days. More than 600,000 jobs per month since it took office. More than 3 million new jobs all told. That's the fastest growth, I'm told, at this point in any administration's history. <laughs> Just amazing. 
what's amazing is his incredible statement to try and pull that off with a straight face. Yeah. Let's <laughs> rewind back to January of this year. Yes. Trump's incredible economy was ripped apart by COVID lockdowns, much like the rest of the world. It was a liberal dream come true. The former president's crowning achievement had 2020 happened because it was 2020. I've said this for a year now. Been dismantled and he had just lost. We could have kept everything open. Re-election. Even better, the newly approved vaccine is going into arms and it's happening at a rapid pace. More than a million shots per day as Joe Biden takes office on January 20th. He was set up pretty nicely. He was, absolutely. Here is uh, Rob Schmidt quoting Robert Reich, who used to be, I believe, was it Labor Secretary? Labor Secretary under uh, Bill Clinton and has been wrong about everything. From that point forward, the country began a pretty fast process of vaccinating Americans. And with that, the COVID numbers began to drop and the nation began reopening and healing. And with that, a fully expected economic explosion happening despite Joe Biden's presidency. Not The same thing happened with uh, Barack Obama. The economy grew uh, feebly uh, despite his, his incredible, uh, terrible policies with regard to taxes and higher regulation. Because of it. But of course, the left likes to repeat. Think about it. You own a business. You know, I, I, I'm not just doing very well. I think, I think I'd do better if I was paying a lot more with taxes and burdened with a lot of regulation. Need a lie until everybody just thinks it's the truth. Former Obama economic advisor Robert Reich tweeted this one out. Reich? He called him Reich. <laughs> last week, and I couldn't help myself. Is he the first, the second, or the third Reich? Laugh. In just five months, the American economy they got a big family. has added three million jobs under Joe Biden. It took Trump his entire first year to add 1.8 million jobs. Tell me again, Democrats are bad for the economy. Um, they are bad for the economy. Again, can you imagine writing a tweet like that with a straight face, knowing what we know about COVID? Mm -hmm. Here is uh, Rob talking to Peter Navarro about the stock market taking a little dive yesterday. What Biden is doing is systematically undoing the, the six things that Donald Trump did to make our, our economy grow and, and go into not only strong growth, but also rising real wages. We had a plan in 2016. Lowest black unemployment in the history of record keeping. Going into the White House. More women in the workforce than in the history of the country. It was tax cuts. It was deregulation. It was strategic energy dominance and keeping like gas prices low. It was fair trade to protect our workers and have domestic production. It was a strong defense spending because a lot of jobs come from there and i personally was involved in the armed transfers policy selling things like f-16s to bosnia that creates a lot of jobs yeah. in, in places like texas right biden's undoing all six points of the growth compass that's number one at the same time he's not tending to these structural problems rob that if 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 i were in the white house with the president we'd be all over mm -hmm. and 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 Unless we deal with that, we're going to have this stagflation scenario. Sure, you said, sure. you know, you were, I think you were optimistic. You were saying we're going to just, just go along sort of at, at kind of a slow growth. I, I think we're going to have high inflation and slow to no growth. And that's, that's going to be much more painful. Grocery prices are going up. There's no bout to doubt it. Things have been going a little uh, nuts in school board meetings around the country with uh, uh, school boards pushing CRT and parents saying nonsense. We're going to talk to Azra Dumani. She is one of the uh, the mama bears who's fighting back in Fairfax County, Virginia. She's become a leader in this. But the other night, she attended a, a meeting. Okay, It was a Fairfax school board meeting. 
And Michelle Leet was there. She's the vice president of the NAACP Fairfax chapter and is a leader in the Virginia State PTA. She delivered a speech the other night that ended up with her saying that people who do not support critical race theory should, they should let them die. Here's a little bit of her speech telling everybody that they are anti this and anti that because they are anti critical race theory. Anti-teacher, anti-equity, anti-history, anti-racial record. Anti-M, anti-M. Anti-opportunities, anti-help people, anti-diversity, anti-platform, anti-science. Okay, whatever, whatever. Let's get to the die part. Children, anti-health care, anti-worker, anti-environment, anti-emissions policy change, anti-inclusion, anti-live and let live people. Let them die. Let them die. There she goes. She said it. There's the money shot. Let's give Osra Nomani a call and uh, get her reaction. She was at that meeting the other night hi good morning how are you today good good you know i think uh, you've been on the show so much lately i'm gonna call it the carson and osra show oh my gosh that would be the best <laughs> <laughs> my dream <laughs> so now this is unbelievable i saw the story last week michelle leet vice president of the naacp's fairfax chapter uh and a higher up in the virginia state pta literally tells parents who don't uh, support CRT to die. Let them die. Were you there when she said that? Yeah, let me just set the stage for everyone. You know, I'm a mom. My son just graduated. I call myself a survivor now yeah. of the Fairfax County public school system. And I literally walked up to the steps of Luther Jackson Middle School, which is in Falls Church, Virginia, yeah. just a suburb of D.C., and there in front of me then were about 20 parents that had started to gather to oppose critical race theory, this in indoctrination that's happening from coast to coast in our country of a divisive ideology. And then I saw at the front doors to the school, more people, about 100 people. And I thought to myself, well, who are they? And so I walked and I wanted to also get there first in line, as you know, sometimes to grab a seat if there's going to be a lot of people mm -hmm. at, the, at the school board meeting was going to be that night at seven o'clock. And there before me then were folks with pre-made signs, yeah. you know, um, trans rights, we support our schools, um, black students matter, you know, all these different ideas. And I ended up witnessing a rally, a counter protest mm -hmm. to the parents that had gathered to oppose critical race theory. And there before me then stepped forward Michelle Leet, this first vice president of the NAACP. And then she just started going off on all of the people that she opposes, people who she called anti-inclusion, yeah. anti-help people very strange concept yep. and something that hit home with me anti-admissions policy changes <laughs> what she went she said anti-worker that's that's straight yeah. out of the that's straight out of the marxist handbook anti-lgbtq anti-children yeah. anti-health care anti-live and let live people oh. what the yeah. heck yeah that was the moment i was just like anti-live and let live people wow you're just about hitting every wow. person in the universe. And that was then when I witnessed and videotaped her saying, let them die. 
let them die about parents who oppose critical race theory. And the worst thing is the crowd applauded. Oh, my gosh. I was just shocked. <laughs> it was just unbelievable to me. And the thing is, Rob, the, what you can really appreciate is that this is a local story for me. Wow. These are folks that I recognize when I go to the grocery store. So I spent the entire weekend just being a Nancy Drew. Mm-hmm. And what I discovered is there's a man in a pink shirt that's right in front of me as I'm filming. And he is a man by the name of Brian Graham, mm-hmm. the chair of the Fairfax County Democratic Committee. And he was applauding. And it was their organization that had put this rally together. So this is an AstroTurf uh, rally. Uh, most probably not a lot of parents involved, but it sounds like some other people who used to be part of the uh, of the parent-teacher uh, student organization, and then obviously put together by the Democrat Party. Unbelievable. Now, I understand that since Michelle Lita stepped down from the Virginia State PTSA, uh, has she said anything about this? Has she apologized in any way, shape, or form? Oh, absolutely not. I have seen on messages on Twitter... Uh, sent to me from her and NAACP officials. Importantly, everybody should know that the Fairfax County NAACP said they are standing firmly behind Michelle Leet, that she's the target of a uh, false narrative, is the way that they're calling it. <laughs> I didn't put words in her mouth. What she told the Washington Post, yes. they sent them a copy of her speech And she claims that in her actual written speech, she put the word, let them, parentheses, ideas, end parentheses, die. Because we all know that we put parenthetical phrases into our speeches, right? When we're writing them. Sure, yeah. (laughs) And so she's doubling down. Um, Apparently, there was a board meeting of the Fairfax NAACP last night, and they are going to stand with her and they have not issued any apology and that's kind of um just you know i'm an naacp member i'm an immigrant from india yeah i became a member because i saw that they were you know really meddling in issues of admissions and other ideas that were very anti-asian so a lot of our families from india and china Uh, joined the NAACP last year because it's supposed to be a national association of colored people, right? And I'm a person of color. Ironically, most of the crowd that you can see from my video um, is white. And most of the membership of the NAACP is white in Fairfax County. Wow, wow. Uh, Yeah, white busybodies, uh, typical Karens who live in the suburbs. (laughs) Yeah, these are the people that they want to disparage as Karens, right? But yet when the, quote, Karens work with them applauding hate, it is convenient for them. And that's unfortunate because it just doesn't show the wisdom of um, an ethics that is morally consistent, you know? I think that the NAACP, by standing by her, um, I I think that they are a very small, uh, pardon the expression, minority. I think this moment when she said, let them die, applause, and then don't let these uncomfortable people deter us from our bold march forward. She wished death upon people. I would assume that this will uh, gird you even further with regard to the battle against CRT and other parents in Fairfax, Loudoun County, and other and other places. 
Oh, yes. A brave coalition of parents yesterday successfully went to court to put forward a recall petition against one of the school board members. And so that was after, you know, months of just hustling um, in parking lots and in grocery stores, you know, getting signatures. A father who was elected to the PTSA at Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology, the first black president-elect, a man by the name of Harry Jackson. Yep. He is fighting a battle right now to by the Virginia PTA to dissolve the local PTSA at TJ because it has parents now in the majority who oppose critical race theory. But he's fighting it, you know? Yeah. So across the country, I, I just got text messages from a mom in Arkansas. She's going to court because the local school district is refusing her public records that should be allowed to her because she's a taxpayer and it's the law. You, yeah. you're, we're allowed public records. So from sea to shining sea, um, parents are standing up and, and it's just so encouraging. You know, we started this organization called Parents Defending Education a few months ago. Yep. And man, I can't sleep. I, I don't, I don't get my sleep. I literally like <laughs> from morning till night and yeah. then through the night, you know, we're just doing triage on so many instances of political corruption in our school districts. Yeah. And, and I just applaud all the parents. And, and you, Rob, you know, you've been such an encouraging voice from the very beginning of our launch. You yeah. have been there and you and I just appreciate you so much because you're always checking in. You're, yep. you, it's not like. Oh yeah, did it, done it. This is too big a deal, and it, and yeah. one of, it's our kids, it's our future, and I have got beautiful children who've never thought about race, and they're suddenly being told that they're racist and they are white supremacist and all, and nonsense, and nonsense. I'm tired of it. This is a line in the sand, and I really mean it. This is a line in the sand. This is a battle, and if they're going to say, let them die, then all that does is is further encourage me because evil doesn't evil and never succeeds if that were the case then hitler's nephew would still be in charge of germany okay the soviet union would still be around pol pot's regime would still be around evil doesn't win and when you say let them die that's evil yeah and you know if people think that your analogies are uh hyperbole they are not because ultimately every situation that is the dehumanization of others like this happened in front of our Fairfax County school board meeting at a public school is dehumanization. And it is, and people of conscience just need to reflect on how that is what leads to violence. And so nobody can claim to be a warrior for social justice like these guys claim to do and dehumanize others. Amen. Amen. humanity and everyone well that's the tactic that's the leftist tactic that's it is it's part of the handbook dehumanize you know repeat a a charge repeat a name enough and and eventually it will stick and that's what's kind of going on there listen osra thank you for joining me today thank you for being a champion for parents everywhere give the audience a website again please Yes, absolutely. Go to please go to defendinged.org and yes. report to us anything that's happening in your school districts and we're going to put our team on it. All right, have a glorious week right, and weekend. Talk you. to you soon. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Azra Damani, and again it's uh, defendinged.org, not a guy named Ed if you're a Democrat. It's not a guy it's not about a guy named Ed. It's it stands for education. So or 
some Democrat, edumacation, you might call it that too, if you're in Baltimore. But anyway, um, I want to thank our new sponsor. He is an author, actually, Craig Stanfield. He's got a new book. It's called Terms of Service, Subject to Change Without Notice. This is fascinating, particularly if you look at the times that we're in <laughs> versus <laughs> two years ago. I mean, it, it, things change. Things can turn on a dime. Uh, it is available at Barnes & Noble and Amazon for only $3.99, just less than 4 bucks. Not a typical sci-fi blurb because it's not a typical sci-fi novel. Start with George Orwell's 1984, add in a healthy dose of Brave New World. This is great. And Fahrenheit 451, stir in a bit of The Matrix and Blade Runner, and you have Terms of Service. This is cool. this is not like geeky sci-fi stuff. This is this is like a real close to reality kind of stuff. Uh, it is a thought-provoking exploration of the profound consequences to our society as the digital world and all-powerful corporations who rule it, play an ever greater role in our lives, and uh, we all wonder, where does it end? Okay, big social media, mainstream media, Democrat Party. Uh-huh. This book presents one chilling possibility and is very, every bit as relevant to our world today as George Orwell's masterpiece was in the aftermath of World War II. It is a great new science fiction novel, and we're going to be talking to uh, author Craig Stanfield this Friday, by the way. In the meantime, this book... Terms of service, subject to change without notice, is available for a limited time for only $3.99 at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Glad to have him as a part of it. So Anthony Fauci said, that, you know, we had the same kind of vaccine hesitancy uh, last century. We'd still have polio and smallpox. Well, that is a very good point, Jim. If you look at the extraordinary historic success in eradicating smallpox, and eliminating polio from most of the world, and we're on the brink of eradicating polio. If we had had the pushback for vaccines the way we're seeing on certain media, uh, I don't think it would have been possible at all to not only eradicate smallpox, we probably would still have smallpox, and we probably would still have polio in this country. Okay, there we go, a little more inflammatory rhetoric. Um, polio is a much more devastating, largely disease for people in general. Uh, for most healthy individuals, that is not the case with COVID. But we should have protected those who are vulnerable with comorbidities and the elderly. Here's uh, Joe and Camilla last year being against the vaccine when Donald Trump was pushing it. So let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. Wait a if and when the vaccine comes. And it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's gonna- this sounds like vaccine hesitancy to me. Who's going to take the shot? Maybe even it could be considered today to be disinformiata. You can be the first one to say, put me, sign me up. They now say it's okay. And the question of whether it's real when it's there, that requires enormous transparency. Okay, there you go. Yeah. They weren't all down with it. They were not all down with it last year. Oh, by the way, Twitter has added a bogus fact check claiming uh, no evidence of widespread fraud in Arizona after an audit exposed massive voter fraud in Maricopa County. By the way, I tried to post this this morning, uh, this story about Twitter, and it was taken down on Facebook. (laughs) Here's the facts. 
The shocking discoveries included 74,000 mail-in ballots with no record of them ever being mailed out and 25,000 ballots that were missing serial numbers, among other things that we discussed yesterday on the uh, on the show. Here is uh, Rudy Giuliani uh, talking with Steve Bannon about uh, fake ballots and all the things that are going on in places like Georgia and in, uh, we'll soon find, Pennsylvania and Michigan and, of course, uh, Arizona. Essentially, what happened was they had to make up ballots because Trump was winning. So they, um, the reason they were asking... They had to print ballots overnight while six battleground states stopped counting the vote because they needed to figure out how many votes they need to print off to make sure that Joe Biden won. Yeah, yeah, that's my story and I'm sticking with it. Or the, the Sharpie pens or whatever, because our, the experts found that about 78,000, I think that's the number, of the paper in uh, Maricopa County is uh, totally phony paper. It's totally different than the paper that was official that was sent out. It's not even been folded. And it looks like it's marked with the same Sharpie. <laughs> so I don't know what else you need. Well, we're not stupid, guys. At 78,000 when the margin was 10, 10 or 11,000. Yeah. You've got, uh, you've, got vote, you've got votes. You've got votes by people who weren't registered on Election Day. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what? So what you know what that really means? Votes showed up after after the election. They they weren't registered. They really. Uh, and this is in Arizona. Harsh <laughs> measure. If you go out and investigate, well, these aren't really people. This is what you do when you slip in phony ballots, and then you got to assign know. it to somebody. So they they had um, they 18,000 18, voted and were removed after election day. Huh? I wonder who they voted for. They probably found out they had eighteen thousand people that didn't exist. So they wanted to get those out before the audit. Uh, then they had uh, 11,326 that were not on rolls on November 7, huh. but were on December 4. Huh. Well, if you're not on the rolls on November 7, you can't vote. But they, they probably did. The mainstream media and and, uh, and uh, the Democrat Party says this is the fairest and uh, most secure election in history. Did vote. But they had no and they uh, made sure that you couldn't share your doubts about it on social media. I wonder why. Registration assigned to them. My God, we live in freaking the Soviet Union. So between then and December 4, the crooked Democrats assigned them to a phony registration. They gave them a name. But I mean, the, t- total, total, the total one that decides the whole thing is 74,243 mail-in yep. ballots. With no evidence of ever being sent. Now, that's a euphemistic way of saying those are ballots that were made out by Democratic uh, operatives. The same thing happened. Rudy, just hang. The same thing happened in Georgia, where six million uh, mail-in ballots were sent out without being requested. We aren't stupid, okay? We're not stupid. So we also know that the uh, insurrection at the White at the uh, Capitol on January the sixth was not a revolution attempting to take over the government because generally, if you're going to do that, you need to be armed. We do know that there are some unindicted co-conspirators who are involved, and they are FBI agents and possibly Antifa who led the charge. We do know that most of the protesters who got inside the Capitol were let in by Capitol police. We know that what was supposed to be the most secure building in the world, some people were able to smash out the window with a hammer, reach in, and turn the doorknob to open it. Not exactly Fort Knox, a 
Again, we're not stupid. This is the Democrat Party and Joe Biden's Reichstag. This is and was used and is being used to take down the Trump movement and those who would say that the election was fraudulent. That's what it's all about. There you go. Here's Jim Jordan yesterday on Newsmax talking about the January 6th commission, which has just been uh, has been named, and he is one of the members of that group. Real quick, I, I want to ask you now, because some breaking news comes out, uh, this January 6th select committee that Nancy Pelosi formed, um, yeah. you're going to be on it. Uh, was this a tough decision for you? No, I mean, the, the, the leader asked me, Leader McCarthy asked me to serve on that. I want to serve because I, we know what this is. This is impeachment round three. This is to yep. go after President Trump. Yep. And frankly, Grant, I don't frankly blame the Democrats for doing this because what else they got? I mean, it's wrong what they're doing, but what else they got to talk? They're going to talk about inflation. They're going to talk about the price of everything going up. They're going to talk about the crime in all our urban areas. They're going to talk about the crisis on the border. I mean, Grant, think about our border. We had a record number of illegal immigrants crossing our border in March, but then- Y'all are getting kind of tired of this noise, this, this, this garbage coming from the Biden administration. I am. That was broken by the record number in April, which, of course, was broken by the record number in May, which, of course, was then broken again by the record number in June. But we're going to keep those Cubans from coming from uh, Castro's Cuba, where they will be returned and summarily tortured, jailed and possibly murdered. That's how crazy the situation is. So they can't talk about any of those issues. So what are they going to do? The same old thing. Go after President Trump, who was the most successful president in our lifetimes. They're going to go after him again. So. Uh, look, uh, I'm on the committee, and I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on the. It's all a distraction. It's all a distraction. Uh, Paul Hodgkins is a 38 year old man who went into the Capitol and went into the Senate chambers and did a selfie. He was in there for 20 minutes. Because of that, he's got a felony conviction on his record. Is going to spend eight eight months in a in a federal prison. Here is his lawyer, uh, Patrick Ledick, talking to Greg Kelly. He didn't. He wasn't engaged in violence, as far as we saw. Uh, he's on the floor there. He was in jail just for... I don't think that taking a selfie is a real efficient way of taking down a government. For a short time, but there are others who are still in federal custody. And I say this respect... And in solitary confinement. ...fully and with admiration. What makes your client different? Well, I think, you know, there's a number of things. He had no prior record, like you mentioned at the top, that he wasn't involved in any violence or any property damage. He went there by himself. He... Want, he followed the crowd into the Capitol like the uh, lady. Wait, wait, he didn't bust out a window or kick down a door or throw an explosive device? Who took the misdemeanor a couple of weeks ago, got 36 months probation. She wandered in and found herself in the rotunda. Paul followed the crowd in, and this was around 2.50, which was about an hour after the, the Senate and the House of Representatives. Usually if you're going to do an incursion, you just don't walk in and have the door held by the uh, police officers who work there began to uh, leave the, the chambers. And he, he wandered in and found himself on the floor what of the is- Senate, as you're showing, and was in the building about uh, 20 minutes, give or take. Yeah, but you see the BLM protesters were in buildings a lot shorter time, and that was because they were stealing stuff, and you want to get out of there as soon as possible. Here's a little bit more from uh, his uh, lawyer, Patrick Lydic. We live in a society today that doesn't understand grace. You know, about 70% of the country will claim to be... This is actually really, really good. I'll just be quiet now. Christian, but really about 10% take take biblical Christianity seriously. And and about 10% of the country understand what it's what it means to receive grace, heavenly grace, and because they've received forgiveness they're able to give it. But we live in a country today that's a bunch of stone throwers. 
And we live in a cancel culture where everybody looks to cancel one another. And because people haven't received grace, they can't give it. And so this issue of shame that you bring forth is, is exactly what the point is. There are a large percentage of Americans who will, without any, any sense of their own sinfulness or hypocrisy, will cast stones in Paul's direction because he did this. And the problem is, is people don't understand that we're all going to count. We're all going to, you know, we're all going to stand before a heavenly judge to be, to be judged and give him an account. And how we treat others is how we're going to be held to account in that situation. People have not received vertical grace and they can't give it horizontally. And, and so that's the problem we have in this country today is we, we're a bunch of Americans seeking to cancel one another out. We're not willing to give forgiveness. And when Lincoln said in the second inaugural address, with malice towards none, with charity towards all, after a civil war where 700,000 people or upwards of that had been killed, Lincoln understood that to heal the country required forgiveness. Uh, and not uh, naming 12 people who are uh, spreading disinformation and blaming Facebook for murdering people. You know, that kind of stuff. That's not very graceful. It's not very graceful. Um, it looks like uh, MTG, Marjorie Taylor Greene, been uh, booted off uh, uh, Twitter uh, with regard to uh, vaccination. She didn't say anything uh, uh, false, actually, just something they disagreed with. Here she is appearing with Cortez and Pellegrino last night. Now Twitter has banned me for 12 hours. And this just happened, I found out from my staff as I was looking at Twitter and I was saying, what's wrong with my account? And it, we got the notification that I've been banned for wow. talking about COVID-19. You see, all I stated on Twitter was that COVID-19, the vaccines should be optional. No one should be forced to take them. Our military should not be forced to take them. So the only things I put on my Twitter page and tweeted was about information that is true statistics and you can find on the CDC. But yet uh, Twitter, who is who is playing a big part and a role with big tech and Facebook and the White House, apparently the Joe Biden administration and censoring Americans along with the communist cities in communist California who doesn't believe that America first represents their values in Anaheim or Riverside. That's the other city that also banned uh, Matt Gates and I from having a rally. Yeah, they're doing rallies in a couple of cities and uh, they have been canceled. They have been canceled by the venues. And this is the same thing that they do on college campuses with conservatives. They have a bunch of protesters show up and they scare the crap out of the administration and they end up canceling the appearance and it's it's effectively silencing free speech so imagine this matt gates and i have had three america first rallies and we have seen president trump have hundreds of of beautiful rallies all over the country for five years he had these rallies there were no violence at trump rallies there have been no violence at our America First rallies. As a matter of fact, they've been nothing but a celebration of our freedoms and America First policies that serve all Americans. But yet these two cities, and, and even in Ohio, because of Antifa and BLM, radical domestic terrorists who are the ones that, that truly cause violence all over the country, because of those people, we are being canceled, and our speech is right. being canceled, and we're, we're being blamed for it. So you can you can see what's going on. This is communism. This is communism when you have American cities canceling two members of Congress uh, events at private venues. 
they're also canceling these businesses ability to be able to serve a customer and make money it's it's absolutely sure. unbelievable and everyone should be outraged we say you want a revolution oh by the way uh china has been uh, hacking us they've been stealing our intellectual property uh, and also developing uh, deadly uh, viruses and then uh, unleashing them on the world accidentally even though uh, they completely shut down wuhan when the uh, when the virus escaped and still allowed international travel out of wuhan ha huh, sounds kind of potential. Here's Sebastian Gorka. The reason I'm playing him is because he has amazing insights. And dang, I love listening to his voice. Uh, Joe Biden will not uh, will not punish uh, China for any of that. And uh, why is that, Sebastian? Oh, it's much, much worse than his being asleep at the wheel. But let's just look at the facts. When I came into the White House, I thought ISIS was the number one threat. I was wrong. Once I got my clearances, started reading the intel briefs, I realized we were going to deal with ISIS. We were going to deal with Russia, Iran, North Korea. And the only strategic threat we face is China. China has a plan to displace America as the greatest power on God's earth. It's called the One Belt, One Road. They have a way of attacking us called unrestricted warfare. And they're doing it in every domain, political, diplomatic. In 400,000 students in American universities from China. Uh, $1.6 billion worth of American farmland sold to the Chinese, which at any time can be not used, which would uh, put a major crimp into our food supply. You know what I'm saying. Intelligence. And now they're doing it by buying up almost $2 billion worth of U.S. farmland. And look at... Look, that should not be legal. Look at what's happening with the... If you are not a citizen, you cannot own land here. Democrats who are supposed to be protecting us now that they're in power. We have that, that beta male Anthony Blinken being bitch slapped in the Chinese-U.S. summit in Anchorage just a few weeks after Biden is sworn in. Literally. Don't mince your words there, buddy. The Chinese delegation using Democrat talking points about BLM and Antifa against Anthony Blinken, our chief diplomat, and he just takes it. We have the Hunter Biden laptop verified thanks to justthenews.com by an FBI signature specialist to have been actually deposited by Hunter Biden in that store. Listen to this. On it, we have the voicemail where Hunter Biden boasts about being in business with the, quote, effing chief spy of China, and now his daddy <laughs> is the commander-in-chief. We have Diane Feinstein, 20 years, a man who works for Senator Feinstein, who is a Chinese asset and agent. And then we have Eric Swalwell, who still, to this day, Grant, cannot publicly deny sleeping with a Chinese intelligence officer. I can deny it in front of millions of viewers right now. I'm sure you can deny sleeping with Chinese uh, uh, intelligence officers. Why can't Eric Swalwell, who still has his clearances? And I haven't either, thank you very much. Although I've uh, you know, kind of thought about it. It's kind of be kind of a little fantasy there. Okay, now let's move on. Get out of my head. Get out of my head. Okay, here's a little bit more uh, Stinchfield <laughs> talking with Sebastian Gorka. When he was in the White House and uh, when he discovered that China is the real threat. It's chilling to hear you think that once you get your security clearances that, that China is the number one. I, mean, I don't know, Asian cheerleader thing. Kind of, never mind. Threat. Um, in 30 seconds, if you can, Dr. G, do you remember that moment when you realized it clicked in your head that China was our number one threat? 
Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I got a briefing from my colleagues at the National Security Council, uh, Brigadier Rob Spaulding, who is in charge of strategy. And, and I read the documents, their book. You, you can read it now. It's declassified by two senior PLA colonels called Unrestricted Warfare. And when I read those details, I realized they are the number one threat and it's existential and we have to stop them. President Trump was stopping them. We need yeah. him back in the Oval Office. 100%. A couple more things before I go. Victor David Hansen, uh, Davis Hansen was on Cortez and Pellegrino last night. I enjoy his insights and his uh, his seasoned life experience and what he brings to the table. And uh, he talked yesterday about how the country seems to have gone mad. This country was in a great place in the scope of American history in so many ways. And yet it seems in really just mere months, uh, we have crashed so far into chaos. How did it happen that quickly? Well, I don't know. I think there were pre-existing conditions that the Democratic Party had sort of been taken over and absorbed by the hardcore progressive, and we never really appreciated just how hardcore they were. But the combination of COVID, the lockdown, the self-induced recession, the election year, the hatred of Trump, all of that was kind of a perfect storm that sort of lit the fuse to this pre-existing explosive. But I had really legitimate concerns, Stephen, that I didn't know whether what the purpose of all this is, because had you and I been talking to fundamentally change the country just a few months ago, we would have had a secure border and maybe it's going to be to destroy our constitutional republic. Pour us onto the left, but nobody ever envisioned that two million people were scheduled to come in in a 12 month period. That's just and we had, you know, 30 trillion dollars in debt. And we're discussing borrowing another $3 trillion. And if you add in housing and lumber and appliances and fuel and power, we could be running at about an 8 or 9% inflation rate. And yet the, the left has invented a new economics where they don't feel that debt or inflation are very important. It's about tearing down the country. Here he is talking about how, why uh, Joe Biden hid in his basement. There was a reason why he didn't campaign and why he was incommunicado. And that wasn't just because he had cognitive issues. It was because he couldn't come out and answer questions about what he was going to do. And so we all, not us. But well, he could. He'd just lie about it. One more. This is uh, a little bit more from Victor Davis Hanson uh, with regard to uh, no rhyme or reason, the direction of the Democrat Party. Is there yeah. a method to the madness regarding the border? Do they believe, and they're going to give amnesty, that they're going to have millions and millions of loyal new Democratic voters? And for example, they're going to make the, make the state of Texas a permanently blue state. Is there method there? Of course. There is, Stephen. But they're going to tell a lot of traditional Hispanic communities that really fight hard to have advanced placement uh, tests and, and programs in their high schools that they're going to have to have bilingual education for millions of people. And right. they're going to have higher crime and higher gangs. And so they're, what I meant by going mad is they're really insulting one of their traditional constituencies. And there's a lot of people sure. who live in San Francisco. They use those consistencies until Election Day, then they leave some money on the dresser and leave. Let's go in Seattle and Portland who are voters of, you know, for Democratic candidates that won't go downtown. And so I'm not even right. know, I don't think they are aware of how... <laughs> Maxine Waters doesn't live in her district. ...revolutionary and dangerous and I chaotic. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little nuts. It's time for to go, guys. I greatly appreciate you joining me today. I want to thank uh, Azra Nomani for um, joining us today to enlighten us with regard to critical race theory being taught in schools. Uh, if you get the chance, will you please go to Apple Podcasts and will you subscribe to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson? That would be huge. And if you could leave a five-star review, it would be awesome. The show is growing by leaps and bounds and you're making it possible. Thank you. 
Thank you. God bless you. God bless our military. God bless our police. Remember Ashley Babbitt. Until tomorrow, don't catch the stupid. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.